0: Why is it that every year that we come up to this Christmas slash December New Year period, your work just seems to explode, and you end up having to work ridiculous hours and into the night? And
1: sadly for me this year, the extra work and the extra stress is every other week, and then the weeks that it isn't are kind of like zero work weeks, which means I'm not even getting paid anything extra this year for the stressful times. It's just kind of my my weeks have become quiet week then. Major busy week, and it's because on the build up to Christmas, advertising revenue is way higher. Okay, the marketers push things way more, so you get more money if you do high quality stuff now. Whereas if you pushed out all your high quality content in January, it's not going to make as
0: much of a profit. I see. Okay, so so just to be clear, you actually have to invoice the stuff you work. You don't just get paid like a flat salary. Uh,
1: no, a, a bit of a bit of both, but this year the way the works going down is that. A lot of the responsibilities I would have had in previous years have been delegated. Okay. So I've got the same total amount of work-ish in a month. It's just in two weeks of that month instead of all the weeks of that month. So I'm just extra stressed, but I'm not making any more money. Okay.
0: Great. Well, that makes two of us then. Yay! Uh, I had had, uh, some chat about my long-term future with my main employer. And uh, was essentially told, or rather I, I told them, you know, I'm still really enjoying it. And uh, I've got unfinished business here. You know, I was trotting out those wrestling cliches. The classics, yeah. And uh, But but in return was saying, you know, I am actually doing way more work than I'm meant to be. And the answer was, well, we actually just don't have money right now. The coronavirus. <laughs> We've been actively losing money. So if you're okay with just doing what you've been doing and we will make life a little bit easier... And you'll get the same money, and then maybe once life has returned to normal, <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll address oh. uh, the the imbalance, which actually is which actually is fine because because I do get Did it. Did you get that in, in recorded form? Oh, I believe something is being sent over to me. Yeah, you've got to get it written down that
1: this is going to be revisited.
0: But I do have uh, a couple of contracts have come in just in the last couple of days, which will uh, which will help pay off the tax uh, man. Oh yeah,
1: you're uh, you're going into the streaming business. One of
0: which is to uh, to write a a metal song for a Japanese vocalist. Oh yeah, <laughs> that sounded so cool. I know. This guy was he messaged me and uh, I I he rather posted a job saying, "Hey, here are some some bands I like. I am a vocalist in Tokyo. Can someone please write me the song?" And so I listened to the videos and I realized this is a band I'm very familiar with. Yeah. And so I got in touch. It was like, "Hey, dude, I rock out to these songs all the time. <laughs> I could definitely write something. I sent over a few samples and he really liked it. So I am being paid to write a metal song. So my my 14-year-old dream You've made it. has now become reality. I'm now a, a paid producer of, well of metal.
1: I'm proud of you. You're, 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 you're in the industry now. <laughs>
0: you never <laughs> exactly. get back Can't out. Can't kick me out. And the other thing, as you alluded, have uh, alluded to earlier, James, is I'm uh, jumping into your world, Boy-o. into the gaming slash streaming for the next three Mondays. Here's the thing: I'm be giving away free stuff. You doing three days
1: worth of work
0: for a pretty
1: mega company will probably give you more of a footing in the industry than I have after <laughs> five years of grinding in the in the background.
0: <laughs> I would. I do feel bad that. As you say, yeah, I, I'm I'm getting getting all the, those exposures and that those impressions, but uh, it should be actually really fun. Oh, I'm cool. just having to do a lot of homework about the gaming industry in 2020 and what's actually happened. And the thing is, I've got a pretty decent knowledge to start with, but now I have to uh, learn important words and phrases and me- and also memorize what these 21 prizes are. So I can just look at something and be able to whiz off all the technical specifications of this monitor and the phone. Oh, yeah.
1: That's actually hard. I can't do that stuff. The,
0: the thing is, the, the brief is pretty straightforward in that I've got to fill time for you know 10 minutes and then we do the actual uh, spin the wheel and hand out some prizes. The filling time stuff, that's easy. The memorizing what the prizes are and what makes them so great, that's the tricky part. It's like uh, Jim Davidson's Generation Game <laughs> if anyone remembers that show. <laughs> you get to see all the things in a conveyor belt, and then you've got a minute to list off all the things you, you yeah, saw.
1: You've just got an extra day of the conveyor belt this time around.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um, but I do actually have some, some sessions during the day tomorrow, so I will be cramming uh, for a last minute exam. And then we'll turn up and we'll knock out the park. We'll hand out some free stuff. It should be fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, make sure to, to to tweet out tweet out that you're on so I won't miss it.
0: Oh, absolutely. I maybe maybe in the the final Monday I'll wear a Seesaw Parade t-shirt. Oh, sneaky. There we go. Get some get some <laughs> sneaky marketing in there. <laughs> we'll it see how that goes.
1: Does, no, the only person you can market for successfully here is yourself. You can't do any second party, third party stuff. Uh, maybe you'll get your your own brand uh, an extra few clicks if you're if you if you do this well.
0: <laughs> well, I did actually change my Instagram username uh, from Llama Bonanza ah. to my uh, to my actual name. Yeah. Just because I figured, you know, that people are going to be tagging me and stuff. I should probably be professional about this instead of be a, a, a Spotify band with four listeners. <laughs> wow. Hey, hey, your other one's got six. <laughs> I going to say Luna and the Trains is doing great. <laughs> we're a, a third up on on Llama bonanza so no
1: word of a lie though because i stream so much and i use mostly just our own music luna was my top band of, of the year on spotify <laughs> did you get your spotify wrapped yeah. and luna was the top <laughs> like it was like top five songs all your own stuff <laughs> favorite band oh you. that's amazing
0: well you should have put that out because that's that's the kind of great content that we should be sharing at cease operating. So ah, it's not too late to be fair <laughs> okay Well, welcome to Seesaw Parade, episode 230. Another nice number there, James. I'm Colin. He is, of course, the aforementioned James. I am. And thank you, everybody, for for listening. Really appreciate it. We do. And you, of course, can get in touch with the show at Seesaw Parade on Twitter. Our Facebook is now dead, so uh, see you later if you wanted to message us on that. Rip. Delete Facebook. (laughs) Defund Facebook. You can also (laughs) email us if you have something longer form to say. And that's operate yeah, yeah. at gmail.com. The most emails we get are usually from Google security. So if you want to replace that yeah. and be our number one at our Gmail. So when we get our Gmail wrapped or unwrapped in 2021, and we have our top email recipients. <laughs> favorite correspondence. Yeah, exactly. Number one, Google security. Number two, SoundCloud. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, if you want to uh, to get in touch, you can do. Thank you very much uh, for all your correspondence and, and uh, messages and listenings and uh, everything. We really appreciate it. I was totally supposed to be like, yeah. <laughs> okay, James. Uh, let's kick the show off. We've got a lot coming up. Uh, Brexit, some global warming, some Millwall, and uh, <laughs> one of these things is less significant than the other. Indeed, global warming, <laughs> global warming, and Millwall. Okay. And uh, also the future of movies in 2021, which is very interesting. Looking forward to that. But let's start with the vaccine news, James. It is here. Huzzah. Okay. People in Scotland are going to start receiving a COVID-19 vaccine from Tuesday. Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, said uh, that the first jabs would be administered for, or rather from, GPs across the country, uh, adding that this was, without a shadow of a doubt, the best news we've heard since the start of the pandemic, but warned that we're not at the end of it just yet, and that the vaccination programme would be a massive logistical exercise. James, this is uh, something we discussed recently, obviously light at the end of the tunnel, but a lot of people need to get these either jabs or jags. What side of the fence are you on? What, if it's a jab or a jag?
1: Yes. See, this is one of those situations where you can sit on the fence because just (laughs) say whatever comes to mind at the time and then it's fine. If you said Jag and then somebody's like, what do you mean a car? Then you might want to be more specific. (laughs) But I doubt anybody's going to be confused whatever one you pick.
0: Okay, I mean, a a COVID Jag does sound like a very flashy supercar from seven years ago. It would definitely be stamped with a UK flag. (laughs) Definitely. My question then would be, of course, we have this massive rollout of, of vaccines to go, starting with the people who are most at risk. I believe that the people seeing this news and, and hearing off, I'm sure there will be a blanket of coverage on Tuesday, lots of pictures being taken of oh, yeah. of uh, needles in arms. <laughs> but but my feeling, James, would be that people take that as a, OK, everything's great. Everything can just go back to normal now. I know. How do we tell everybody that we're rounding the final bend without telling them all just go party, <laughs> but it's it's not even rounding the final bend. Like we can see the corner coming, but we've not started
1: turning the wheel. Yeah, we, indeed, indeed we have not. Um, so how do you convince people that hey, you haven't actually got the vaccine yet? So don't don't go party and stuff just because some people have it, and most of those people are old and unwell. Um, maybe maybe we'll just see everybody be patient now. This is the two the two things that could happen. This news could either bring everybody the strength to be more patient for another couple of months to another half of a year. Or it could cause just everybody to flaunt their responsibilities as a nation and and, and start acting as normal. I I hope that it's just a renewed confidence. Hey, this is coming to an end. Let's all chill about for a while, isolate a bit more. um, And let's keep the masks as a thing. Yeah, definitely. Afterwards, I think we should keep doing that and we might see, you know, just less people having a cold, which would be nice.
0: Uh, Yeah, there, there are some pictures that were going around from it must have been Christmas time, around the elections last year. In fact, that's what it was. The 2019 elections were of course Oof. in December. Yeah. And you were looking at some of the pictures and the amount of people who are all just essentially standing shoulder to shoulder. Yeah. And like ramming and crushing the Nicola Sturgeon as she arrived in Hall Five of the SEC. And you look at it now and you think, I actually feel a little bit uneasy actually just looking at that picture. Yeah. So I, I believe that some of our, our habits will change. The, you, first of all, to address what you talked about with you know wanting to remind people that th- the end is yet to come, it will be months before any sort of real relaxations are in place, oh, yeah. and a huge part of that will be the continuation of these tiers. Now, Glasgow has been in Tier Four for uh, three weeks and some sort of lockdown for longer than that. In comparison to the relative freedom. In the far north and in the the Isles, so for me it will be a case of when this Tuesday comes, you're both going to get the first rollout of the vaccine, but also I suspect. That the tiers for Glasgow in particular will be relaxed because oh. we are coming towards Christmas. Oh, yeah. James, oh, and of yeah. course, people need to do their Christmas shopping. That city centre needs to be propped up once again.
1: Buchanan Street needs those people. I mean, then it does, and people's jobs rely on it, and it sucks. But oh,
0: yeah, exactly. So that to me is the strongest indicator that Tier Four will become Tier Three for the West of the country because as you say, the economy needs it, people need it, jobs are at stake here, and because the vaccine is now starting, I believe that's a little bit of a, a kind of a boost to the pro side of, hey, let's open things up, because now they literally have a vaccine which they are going to be injecting into people's veins. Yeah, we will see. It's a very graphic way of saying it.
1: It was. Um, we're going to be getting, was it the UK is has ordered 20 million vac- or 40 million vaccines, which we'll be able to give 20 million people a because va- you need two of it. A lot of them. Either that or it's 20 million and 10 million. Yep, yep. Scotland, let's say we get proportionally assigned, gets around about 10% of that. So it's a significant number. It still doesn't feel as huge of a number as we would need to shift any tiers. But as you say, it's more of a how do we argue against it situation, even if the numbers aren't initially going to be huge and who who is vaccinated. I doubt that it's going to be a political move uh, that will gain anybody respect to keep us all in lockdown. And, and I think that sucks. And just to tie into that, I think as soon as it's all over, we're going to have all the politicians flaunting their teeth in public again, and <laughs> smiling at us um, because that is good for their political careers. So right. there are always going to be moves that are more political than actually health driven. And I think that any shifting of the tiers on tuesday for example would be more political than uh, than uh, logical
0: okay well one final thought here and as uh, if anyone has been listening to this regularly will know when the announcement of the vaccines was made first of all there was a lot of speculation in the media about well how safe are these vaccines and something that was often brought up was thalidomide which of course is the most high profile example of something medical going wrong which i yeah. believe was 50 years ago yeah, so to be clear, because this was something I had to look up, thalidomide was not a vaccine. Yeah, I did oh. not know this, so I'm sorry. I'm clearly uh, oh, no. was needed some education. No, th- there also are instances of vaccines going wrong, so like it's 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 a fine assumption, really. But if you go back to polio, for example, which was eradicated in, oh, I want to say the, the vaccines started appearing in the 1930s, 40s, perhaps I'm way off with that, but it was a long time ago. And since then, you have had a whole host of vaccines that have been rolled out and have cured people or rather prevented, the disease from spreading to the extent that these um, these viruses and these illnesses have been totally eradicated from the UK. Yeah. And it was only, I want to say last year, that after X amount of years of not having a single case of measles, because people stopped getting vaccinated, yeah. the UK had its first case of measles in like 20 years. So... Yeah. <sighs> There are literally hundreds of thousands of scientists, epidemiologists, uh, researchers, all these smart, intelligent, scientific medical people who have gone through everything that needs to be done to make sure this is safe. And I b- trust in them. I believe in what their medical expertise and what their results have found. Yeah. And a lot of these vaccines have been tested months and months and months ago. And as I talked about last week... They've, they've they've gone through all the hurdles that are required to make a vaccine. They've just done it much quicker because they've had lots of money, well, no, lots the, of people yeah, who want to try it.
1: The testing and stuff hasn't been any quicker, really. They've had greater numbers in the testing because it's got more publicity, and um, but it's taken the same duration. What's happening faster is the production, the upsite, the upscaling of the production to worldwide stuff like that. All of those things which would usually take. A year or two years to get together has happened really fast, but the testing and stuff is consistent with standard
0: practice. My point is that if you compare the uptake of polio vaccine, which everybody took, yeah, to the extent that polio is no longer a thing, yep, and then you compare that to something like measles, which oh, yeah. up until a few years ago was also eradicated until people stopped taking the vaccine, I imagine. Due to the fact we're now in 2020 and disinformation is more widely available than ever, there will be a significant proportion of the population who refuse to be vaccinated, which means that the virus will likely be around for quite some time to come, even if it is just in small numbers. I agree. So the bigger challenge for me is, well, how do we manage this next winter when... COVID is still about because it may well be well, still about yeah. in small numbers due to the fact that not everybody's being vaccinated. Well,
1: and it's had a year of mutation. It's a strange time. I, I'm not sure. I think there's been anti-vaxxers and anti-this and thaters for every pandemic in history. I'm sure. But the, we look back on the people who accepted the course of the cure as those who were smart. So I'm assuming that in 100 years' time, uh, people will look back on those of us who accepted the course of the cure as the smart ones yet again, and that this pandemic isn't any different from all the previous ones, where you had a bunch of people denying that masks were necessary or that a vaccine was necessary or that the origin story was what it was or that it was a conspiracy theory. None of this is new, it's just bigger n- now because we're more connected. Um so let's not let's not be all those people that we currently in the present day look back on and go, wait. How did you do that to yourselves? How did you as a whole population, in some instances, elect to die to a pandemic where you already knew what could have solved it?
0: Okay, that's enough on that. Let's move on to Brexit, which of course is drawing ever closer. We're less than a month away from the UK officially leaving the European Union.
1: I'd say time goes by
0: fast, but it feels (laughs) like Brexit has been a thing for like a decade. (laughs) Indeed, it's been... I would say four years, coming up to five. Anyway, the- uh, We shouldn't have started the
1: podcast. We were the heralds of a bunch of trash.
0: (laughs) We were. Absolutely. So much has happened. You could actually dovetail it in with when the show started and how the world has just turned on its axis ever since. You know, perhaps we were actually, you know, the butterfly that caused the hurricane.
1: Who knows? But I know that any historian who stumbles across our stupid little show- We'll be listening to it intently to get the thoughts of the everyman through these things and seeing how minds developed and absorbed news and were joking at first and then horrified later on. I mean, to
0: be fair, if I think about how many annual SoundCloud subscription fees I'm going to have to pay between now and my own death, uh, that does make my eyes water. So who knows, James, how long <laughs> these shows will still be in existence for. Anyway, that's besides the point. Brexit. And uh, latest on Sunday afternoon is that the UK believe there is still a deal to be done between the two sides in regards to a post-Brexit trade deal. This was the Environment Secretary, George Eustace, who insisted that there were sticking points, uh, particularly in regards to fishing and business rules, that needed to to be dealt with before the two sides got any further. This is on the back, James Off. Why <laughs> is always fishing? This is on the back. We'll get to that. This is on the back of the talks themselves stalling on Thursday, in which both sides essentially came to a, a total impasse to the extent that they had to wheel out Boris to speak to the, uh, the chief of the EU, who uh, I believe put out a statement to say something very similar, which was, you know, we're getting there, but there are some issues which are in the way. Yeah, like, you know trying to break
1: international law, I think.
0: Yeah, sorry, this was this was the European Commission president, Ursula von der Leyen, who met with Boris oh, yeah. on Saturday. So that was essentially, a, I don't want to say an icebreaker, but something to get the two sides around the table again, because Michelle Barnier on the EU side and David Frost on the UK side both insisted that the conditions for a deal between the two sides had not been met by the other party. So yeah. I have no idea... Who's in the right? Who's in the wrong? But certainly, no, fishing right. seems no. to be the heart of it. Fishing always the heart of it. I
1: mean, no, we, we know we exactly who the problem is here. It's a bunch of people who d- convinced a significant percentage of their country to vote on something that could not be done in the way that they promised it could be. Yep. and now they're trying their very best to to get a, a tiny little percentage of that false promise in paper and not even a small amount of it can be a, can can happen so they're realizing how embarrassing it is they don't really care about that um they just want to be able to hold on to the power for long so they've got to make sure that they get that victory in the fishing or they get the victory in f- in the tr- travel restrictions for them but not for us and if they can get those victories which they won't um they can they can hope to r- stay in power But we know that the trouble here is from the UK. The UK is asking for things that are, I'm sure, beyond reasonable. And they have been from the get-go. So so it's no surprise that yet again, we're struggling to have a deal after so much time has been spent.
0: Just to add a a suggestion here, I believe it was somebody from the Irish government who said that actually a no-deal deal fails to serve either side you know it's not just bad for britain no deal is also bad for the eu so there There is is an incentive for both of them to hash something out
1: yeah this is why i don't think the eu is just playing the bad guy because they do have things to lose they want to come down hard on us so they're not going to give us anything they don't need to um but they 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 definitely have more to lose by going too far and coming on down too hard So I get it. They have to um, show other countries that leaving the EU is bad, so therefore they're not giving us any freebies. Um, But the UK is just asking for freebies anyway, and we keep asking for freebies, and it's just not going to work. But who knows how it's going to go down. Um, uh, Drama will will occur, and then they'll try and brush it under the rug, and maybe they'll reveal that Boris has had another affair or something just to make the news cycle move on.
0: Just my, my own thoughts here. The UK... so Well, certainly the press that was coming out from the UK government side of these talks was that the EU were looking for, and I'm quoting here, unfettered access to the fishing waters around the UK, particularly the North Sea. And of course that's what they're going to say because they want the UK public to be on their side. Yeah. Now, whilst I appreciate... That at the moment the EU do have access to North Sea. Just because you're brexiting does not mean that they can't just that you just claim all the water for yourself. Yeah, there has to be something in place that allows these you know Dutch ves- vessels and Norwegian vessels to you know stay as a business because some of them are based around the fact that they come to you know Scrabster in the north of Scotland or Fraserburgh and they fish. And that's how they, and then they take the Scottish fish and they go back to their countries and they sell it.
1: Yeah, but the issue here, and the fish is similar to is similar to so many other things um, with the way that we fell out with the EU. Is that the UK had control of its waters? as agreed by the EU. We got given a certain allotment of yep. like certificates or whatever you want to call it for fishing vessels in these areas. And then we kind of just sold them to other countries short-term gain. Correct. And now we're trying to say, hey, 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 give us those back when we leave. And no, you sold them. We we gave we gave away all of our fishing stuff to all these other countries for short-term gain. And asking for them back or demanding them back as a part of an agreement is A freebie. We don't get those. You have to buy them back at the very least.
0: Okay, James, we actually have some chunky movie news to sink our flaunty teeth into this week. say flaunty? Flaunty, yeah. You mentioned flaunting your teeth earlier, so I decided to bring it back. I love it. This is the news that Warner Brothers have announced that its entire slate of 2021 movies will be premiering in cinemas and also streaming on HBO Max simultaneously. Yeah. So this game changer of decision means that people who have subscribed to HBO Max, which currently, by the way, is only a US platform. Indeed. Will be able to see every film from the studio without paying an extra penny. And more importantly, without having to leave their homes and go to the local theater. Indeed. So the movies here include, and we've talked about the majority of these The Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. June, yeah, The Matrix 4. Naturally. Um, we've got Godzilla 3, which is Godzilla versus oh, Kong. So exciting. So exciting. Other movies like Space Jam, A New Legacy. Oh, boy. I- no. The King Richard, which is the new Will Smith movie about the father of Venus and Serena Williams. Right. You also have a new Mortal Kombat movie. You've got Judas and the Black Messiah. There's a whole host of movies here. Uh, In the Heights, which is the new Lin-Manuel Miranda musical. There are a ton of massive movies here, which James are going to be going to HBO Max and in cinemas at the same time. What do you think about this? I think they're trying to adopt the new...
1: Model, I think it makes sense. I can see why big companies or big production houses and stuff like that are, are aiming for increasing their guaranteed monthly revenue rather than yep. taking a gamble in every single film, especially in virus times. But I think if this goes down well, it could be um, just the new dawn of, oh. <laughs> of the death of cinema, sadly. Um, we're seeing a lot of big studios setting up more push towards streaming and that monthly revenue and getting a bigger share of that, but then cinemas make less money. So then it's not a sustainable business. So then small cinemas die and then yep. <laughs> monopoly happens. And only the only companies that can run a cinema are the stu- production studios themselves. Uh, so this could, this could change the way that films are going down if this experiment that they're running during pandemic times uh,
0: works well for them. Well, a couple of thoughts on this. The first one, as you've mentioned there James, is that this could well be the beginning of the end for cinemas as we know it. Because the amount of time, certainly in my own experience, that I've gone to let's say the opening weekend of a movie and you sit in a theater with maybe 500 other people, yeah. all sitting next to each other and mm-hmm. coughing and grabbing popcorn and putting their germs everywhere. Now makes me feel again just a little bit uneasy. I'm unsure how quickly I would rush back to doing that in a packed cinema. yeah so th- this plan of Warner Brothers to to as I've explained, put things on streaming at the same time as they're in theaters is clearly going to lower or rather drive down the audiences of, of the number of people going to the cinema. Yeah, because now they've got the option of just staying inside and watching it on their laptops. Some people are going to do that. Yeah, so and it's hard to know how
1: many. It's hard to know what kind of an uptick we can expect in people going back to the cinema after this. Right. Like maybe you and I are just like the weirdos who actually still have those sensibilities <laughs> and everybody else is going to flood back into them.
0: I doubt that. Um, I, I believe there will be even if it's, let's say, a third of people are now choosing to watch things via streaming. For whatever reason. The question it raises for me is, you know, it's the the cliche, it's not personal, it's just business. Because Warner Brothers could have just released their movies in the same way they always did at theatres in 2021 and would have seen a much lower rate of of box office returns, as we saw with Tenet, which in terms of, was it a bomb? No, not quite, but it did not do well. Yeah. And that was very much seen as the um, the guinea pig for releasing movies. So, from Warner Brothers' perspective, it's a, it's a question of, do we do what Tenet did, put their movies out, and not really make that much money, or... As you've said, James, do we put them out on streaming and in theaters? We then get people signing up to HBO Max, which Warner Brothers owns, by the way.
1: Yeah, 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 they own it. Yeah.
0: To get that monthly revenue, which let's say you're releasing one big tentpole movie a month, you're essentially, and you're getting new subscriber, new subscribers every month, you're getting your ticket money direct to you, the yeah. owner, Warner Brothers. Yeah. So, from a business perspective. I completely get it. From a movie-going perspective, this is bad. Yeah. It is bad. It is. And
1: I don't know, we might see a shift in the way films are marketed. We might see a shift in all sorts of things. But we might also just see everything return back to the old way in 2022, right? Um, This might be a field experiment. They'd make less money than they expected. And everybody tries to shift back to mega hype, mega release, opening night, make a billion.
0: There was a... a, a Twitter argument going on yesterday, which was talking about the new David Fincher movie, Mank, which, James, I don't know if you're aware of. It is rumored to be, and I would highly suggest it will win a bunch of Oscars. Right. It is Gary Oldman, who is playing Herman Mankovich, who was the scriptwriter for Citizen Kane. Right. And so everything is shot in black and white. Okay. It's it's almost shot as if as if it's an, an old movie. Yeah. From that from that time period. Yeah. And the complaint on Twitter was that you just do not get the same grainy 33mm effect no. when you're watching on a 4K screen or in your laptop in comparison to an actual reel in a theatre. Yeah. And that, to me, for some people, will be what you know makes or breaks yeah. seeing seeing a movie on the big screen.
1: No, there's always going to be the people who want to go to the big screen for the experience, for, uh, whether that be artistic or whether that be the spectacle because you can't replicate right. the spectacle of cinema at home even at home cinema for example it is just by its nature
0: smaller unless you're mega rich um i guess okay uh, one more piece of movie news but we'll get to that after our reviews of what we've been watching james have you seen anything in the last seven days you see
1: I, I i was reflecting and i don't think i anything. But I've got a a tickle in the back of my mind that I did, so I might just remember it right after this show and put it in the notes.
0: Right. Well, I've got two. I'm going to give them a short shrift. The first one is Christmas Chronicles 2. Is that like a Narnia sequel? No. It is the sequel to the Kurt Russell fronted uh, Santa Claus movie, which came out a couple of years ago and went down pretty well. Mainly because... I don't remember it at all. Kurt Russell is a very good Santa, as you can probably imagine. You
1: can see how.
0: And uh, yeah, it was well-received. Lots of people watched it. And so, of course, they made a sequel. I stuck this on uh, yesterday. And it is bad. It's very, very bad. <laughs> I mean, Kurt Russell, bless him gives, him, gives this role his all. And he's very good. He's a very good Santa. But it, the rest of the film is a mix of... Um, animated elves right. and Julian Dennison, who is who is the guy from Deadpool Two and Hunt for the Wilder People? Oh, kind of chubby New Zealand kid. Yeah, who is playing the villain in this movie? Okay, but it, it is as expected. Your classic, you know. There's no Christmas spirit. We need to find someone who can get the Christmas spirit back. Right. Oh, and she needs to learn the meaning of family. Yeah, and she has. And Christmas Spirit's back and Christmas has been saved. So hey. if you're looking for a film that does that, you've never seen before, yeah. it's fine. But my goodness, it is, it's bizarre. There are musical numbers. There are... The end of the film is like an episode of Songs of Praise. <laughs> it is... Honestly, it's just a very, very strange film, and the child acting is pretty bad as well. Yeah, I know you get some... You, there's a whole host of excellent child performances in movies that I've seen recently, but this ain't one of them. So, it's, just not, it's just not good. Overall, you
1: wouldn't say that this Christmas film was trying to be too woke, right? It wasn't pushing that Hollywood agenda.
0: It was just complete trash. It's It's trash, but there's also a couple of... Not very subtle references to being woke. So, for example, early in the film, Santa is giving the kids a tour of Santa's village. Right. And, of course, during the the conversation, it is made clear that actually it was Mrs. Claus who designed, built... And put together the entire village. Oh, that's an old joke. Women, the women being the capable. It should be called Mrs. Claus's village. And so Sanders, you know what? You're right. It should be Mrs. Claus's village. Yeah. So there's a couple of there's a couple of stuff like that, but it's it's harmless. Yeah,
1: that that's joke, that joke, super old. <laughs> I was just asking because uh, Hulu decided to release a Christmas film with the lead. Couple Christmas romance film with the lead couple being being lesbian, so therefore, oh, right wing Twitter hemisphere completely had a meltdown. Ben Shapiro had himself a. Uh, A proper monologue about it. They all, as usual, embarrassed themselves by caring so much about something. And I just thought that maybe... I mean,
0: mean, that is Ben Shapiro's M.O., is just embarrassing himself on regular occasions.
1: I just thought that maybe we could send him a link to this film to be like, here, watch this one instead. But no, sadly, it recognises that women can sometimes be
0: productive, so it also is not good for the (laughs) right-wingers. I mean, it, it is a harmless Christmas movie, but would I ever, ever dream of watching it again? Absolutely not. Whereas you do get some Christmas films which do have good repeat value. This is not one of them.
1: Yeah, I think Christmas films do lose that repeat value faster than other decent films yes. of their genres, though. Like Even the best Christmas film, aside from like Die Hard, um, loses its value of replayability faster than a good film, like a good Western or, or whatever from like okay. ages past.
0: The second of my films in the last seven days was a rewatch from the continued Marvel slogathon that I'm uh, putting myself and Graham through. Uh, he is seeing it for the first time. I've seen this film many times, and the latest one is Captain America's Civil War, yeah. which is actually a bright spark in amongst a lot of the same old storylines, uh, same old plot devices. It's essentially, as opposed to being a Captain America film, it's basically an Avengers movie. Yeah, kind of, There yeah. are so many uh, characters in this, which, <laughs> I mean, they didn't really need to be in there. But because Iron Man is essentially the secondary lead, they've got to get in, you know, Black Panther and Hawkeye and Black Widow and War Machine and Ant-Man and spider This is where Spider-Man debuts and Dave all India, this yeah. crazy stuff going on. What I really liked about this is that it is, it just plays as a very good action movie. Yeah. You know, I, some, of the, some of the set pieces are great. The, the airport scene is great. The stunt work is and great. And some of the interplay between characters, oh yeah, stunt work, fantastic. The interplay between characters uh, works. I feel that uh, Helmut Zemo, who is the baddie in this, who is played by Daniel Bruhl, it's very is good. very good. He certainly—he's he, just a dude. He doesn't have any superpowers. Yeah. He's just a guy, and it's—and he works yeah. out really well. I think—I think in
1: part he was completely unnecessary at the same time, but he was very good, <laughs> at, even though he wasn't really needed.
0: He—he he got the characters to do. He manipulated the characters essentially. Is—is yeah. the, is the storyline kind of? But... And he is—he is believed to be returning as the villain in the uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon TV show. Ah, yeah, of course. So of course. we will see more of him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, this was another one done by the I've forgotten their names, the Director Brothers. What are they called again? The Russo's. The Russo brothers, there we go. So it's very well scripted. It tells an intricate story and does it very well. And we'll see them again. They pop up uh tying up the entire um first franchise yeah, of yeah. Marvel. Indeed. And we'll get to those. But but this is this is definitely one of my favourites. Uh, out of the kind of marvel canon it's just a good it's it's a fun time it's good i like Is it. it
1: yeah if you go in expecting marvel quality movie you're not going to be disappointed it was the marvel quality movie
0: yeah it, it's certainly towards the higher end of the spectrum yeah i believe i've got uh thor ragnarok coming up which i've not actually re-watched since it came out so i'm interested to see yeah uh, how that how that goes down i'm
1: looking forward to talking about that one because the more i think about it the more mild quibbles I have. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> as
1: as is true for most Marvel productions.
0: Right. Do you have any uh, any reviews before we move on? I've been watching
1: Mandalorian, but it's ha- not done yet. So I won't, I won't go into detail, okay. but I, I'm enjoying this season.
0: Good. Okay. One more piece of movie news. And this was that the Oscar nominated star of Juno has announced that he is trans. So announcing himself Indeed. as Elliot Page in a social media post. So the Canadian-born actor, who was formerly known as Ellen Page, uh, put out a a statement on Twitter, which was uh, heartfelt and honest, talking about how he had uh, begun to express how remarkable it feels to finally love who I am enough to pursue his authentic self. Yeah. Um, And he also used the post to address discrimination towards trans people, being 33 and only now, feeling comfortable enough to be himself, which honestly, it made me so happy to see someone actually just announcing to the world who they are and what they are. So I have nothing but admiration uh, for Elliot Page here.
1: Uh, Same, same. It was a huge thing to be able to do in such a public uh, space because you're looking... I can't imagine um, having so much of a profile and so much of a presence and then announcing a thing that you know in the present intolerant world is going to end up with a lot of backlash yep. and how much strength that took. So, like, like big congratulations. I hope that it is the start of a, a, a path towards uh, satisfaction with self.
0: Um, to, to, to use a, another cliche, and I know you make, this may make you laugh, but not to make this about myself, but <laughs> <laughs> just, sorry, just because I feel I've got skin in the game here, no, yeah, okay. I can completely empathize and understand with someone who has essentially been uh, living a double life for their entire existence and the the weight that comes off your shoulders when you can just be yourself yeah and so when i saw this i thought that is absolutely brilliant delighted for him and yeah yeah here's here's to a continued success in all his uh movie and tv Adventures, yeah. most recently in Umbrella Academy, in which he's uh, fantastic. So I'm actually interested to see how they address that uh, in season three, or if they do. Or, or like if you, they do, who Indeed. knows what they'll do? Yeah, um,
1: it it will be an interesting path to follow the ongoing production with the uh, the real life um, change, whether that is reflected at all on the show. On the other side of you know the world, from people who are quite tolerant and lovely to the the opposite side, the usual faces in this Twitter. Um, yell as loud as he can to try and get the people's attention game were disgusting. Genuinely, some yep. of the people replying to this news as though it, for a for, for first thing, actually affected them in any way, uh, and as a as second thing, as though they had any say in the matter, was disgusting. We have people dropping dead name. We had people misgendering deliberately. We have people yep. saying that, hey, and now I guess you don't have any Oscar nominations and you don't have any awards or anything. And it's like, how vile do you have to be to sustain your whatever is fueling you through life? Yep. It's it, I was disgusted. And it was genuinely making me angry towards the end of the night. Um, just how bad people are willing to
0: be to try and build up their own tiny ego. Indeed. Okay, one final piece of movie news uh, that actually I failed to include here, but James, I'm going to spring it on you. There is some controversy at the moment in China because of this latest um, America-China co-production movie called Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. In which in which there is a line of dialogue right. which is between a white soldier uh-huh. and an Asian soldier mm-hmm. in which the Asian soldier makes a joke. He says, uh, what's what's different about my knees? And the white soldier says, I don't know. And the Asian soldier says, they're Chinese. <laughs> oh, right? Okay. In China, this has then been translated into Mandarin into something resembling the fact that Chinese people should never kneel before Americans. Oh and this has now caused a massive backlash monster hunter has been pulled from every single cinema until this line gets fixed and i have no idea first of all who came up with that line but also why it was translated the way it was why would you i write... guess it's because it just wouldn't make sense why would you write but also the line? why would you write that
1: <laughs> how do you think that's going to get translated cleanly it's a pun <laughs>
0: oh yeah, it's, it's absolutely mad, but that, you can look that up later. It's just, it's hilarious, but it's also just terrible. Man,
1: I was expecting something completely different from that. that what a wild story. <laughs> what a nothing but everything story. Wow. Oh, yeah. Um, have said in a bit me. of random news, like I'm going to spring on you, which I'll talk about more extensively to anybody who wants to engage in person, um, t- Twitch removed one of their tags from their website this week. Okay. Um, they removed the tag Blind playthrough for a first-time playthrough of a game because it's it's been deemed or it is ableist, and it was good good to remove ableist terms from our daily vocabulary. So, what what were they calling it instead? Um, I don't know if they've replaced it with anything. I would expect they replaced it with you know first-time playthrough, (laughs) which um, makes more sense. Makes sense to me. But my goodness, has there been a proper lashing back on a bunch of people Ah. who who cannot? take news and then not curl up into a defensive ball. Like, you can't go, oh, wait, yeah, maybe things that are in regular daily language could actually hurt people. Maybe we could just use other <laughs> words instead. They had to point out that that if word, words of many meanings, and I didn't intend to hurt somebody. Well, if you don't intend to hurt somebody, when you get told that the word is hurting somebody, maybe it is time to stop using it.
0: You've already said this more eloquently than I'm about to, but what is wrong with people that they're being told, okay, th- using this terminology is making people who are actually blind feel bad yeah. or upset. Yeah. And it would be great if you could just use something else, like first-time playthrough. And people get annoyed about that.
1: Yeah, people get annoyed, so they start making jokes about blind people. They start, like, spamming um, fake Braille in the chats of Twitch streams Goodness and stuff like see. that. You've got streamers pointing out that, like... um The the name of the website itself, Twitch, must surely be changed as well then. Um, But (laughs) the big thing is that a blind playthrough is not an actual accurate description of what's going on. Exactly. Whereas, like, the mute button, it mutes things. A deafen button deafens things. The blind playthrough button does not switch off all visible interaction with the game so it is a bunch of people who are getting triggered because they're being asked to change and they're deciding that changing one thing about their lives is too much effort to put into to alleviate other people's pain
0: Okay, James, uh, a few smaller items of news to finish us off with, and we're going to start with U.S. President Donald Trump, who has held his first rally since losing the U.S. presidential election. Although, of course, he said he is no Did you misspeak
1: there? You said losing,
0: yeah. Yeah, Yeah, of course. He did not lose. He made that very clear. His marketing in this was very different. <laughs> Indeed it was. So he uh, was speaking at the event in Georgia ahead of a couple of very important Senate runoff elections, which will decide who controls the upper yeah, house.
1: To a completely maskless and dense crowd. And you can interpret dense how you please.
0: <laughs> Indeed. Uh, Joe Biden is the first Democratic candidate to have won the state any presidential election since 1992 and of course yeah. trump has repeatedly uh, repeatedly refused to admit that he lost and has made numerous ups- substantiated claims of voter fraud easier said than done in his uh, his rally yesterday james he actually said that they they could have wheelbarrows uh. of evidence to prove the voter fraud which is interesting because i'm yet to see a wheelbarrow in any of these court cases and it's just, it's just the endless lies. And I
1: don't know what the end game is for them. Like, it, it, it is worrying because it all is building up to they either have to come clean and be like, hey, sorry, we were lying. Or they've got to give their audience or their crowd that they have lied to an avenue of action. And I don't know what that action could look like that <sighs> would be anything healthy or good. So, what's the end game? Yep. Nobody's going to win if they keep going down this road.
0: Well, Trump also spent some of the rally yesterday criticizing the Republican governor in Georgia, Brian Kemp, and uh, other people accused him of um, taking communist money. Oh, man. And that's why he was failing to overturn the state, because Trump had actually asked Brian Kemp to overturn the state and give it to him instead of Biden. One thing I hope... We're just... Sorry, sorry. We're just seven days away, by the way, from the electoral college voting actually happening. So at that point, that is when Biden will be certified as the next president. Yeah, yeah. Um one thing I hope this is a complete tangent
1: in you know, a sense, is that all of your CIA or whatever's your agencies and whatever's your people in power who within living memory manipulated The entirety of the of the of the United States of America to be so paranoid about communists and so paranoid about sneaky Marxists are now regretting their decision to do that because it is now being taken advantage of in a way that they didn't foresee. And they should have never done that in the first place. And I hope they regret that they ever did. Like maybe this will be the thing that convinces them that manipulating entire nation for your own gain wasn't actually that good of a thing to do. CIA, a terrorist organization, by the way.
0: Here's a question. Mr. Trump told Mr. Kemp to call a special session... And convince legislators to pick electors who would support him. So this is the... uh, He's
1: asking for faithless electors, yeah.
0: Essentially, yeah. People who, despite the fact that Georgia voted for Biden, he wants, when the Electoral College meets on December 14th, people from Georgia who will vote actually for him instead. Yeah, which they're allowed to do. Do you expect, James, that that will happen?
1: I don't think it will happen. Um, I don't think anybody... In power actually wants to do anything that will cause the whole system to to be reexamined and be changed, and um, because if they did this, then at some point in the next, I don't know, ten years, the system will be changed. Whereas if they don't do the whole faithless elector thing, they don't take advantage of that old rule that isn't that was never legitimate, but just hasn't ever been uh, used yep. to manipulate it a whole election, is I think there have been faithless electors before where none of them have done anything too convincing. Um, if they actually use the the system gets changed. We might not even have first passed the post in the states afterwards. Uh, so they, so all these people in power that are all right-leaning, whether it be Democrats or Republicans, they're all just pro themselves.
0: They won't change the system because they'll lose power if they do. So, no. The other aspect here, James, is that everything that Trump is saying and doing, and I'm sure will continue to say and do long after he's no longer president. Oh, on Trump TV, I'm sure. Undermining elections in the US and across the world for the foreseeable future. Because there is nothing that anyone can say or do in the face of unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud that will convince someone who believes what Mr. Trump is saying. Convince them that uh, that actually, no, the election was fair. Yeah. And there were a whole host of, on far-right Twitter and QAnon Twitter, uh, a bunch of videos posted of, oh, look, here's a Dominion representative putting a USB into a laptop, and he's clearly uh, cloning all the data, and he's putting in 10,000 extra votes for Biden, and then he's walking away. Yeah. And then Dominion saying, well, actually, no. There was a problem with that laptop. He was getting a data report, and then he left and went somewhere else. Yeah. It doesn't matter, because they won't even if it. that was the truth... Nobody believes it. No, this is the problem with the fight against it, is
1: that they say, at least it's assumed, that it takes about 10 times as long to debunk a false claim as it does to make the false claim in the first instance. And the only people you can debunk a thing for are people who can change their mind. Yeah. (laughs) So you're you're spending 10 times as long to convince basically nobody, because everybody who believes these claims in the first place has already made their mind up. Their minds are not going to be changed by a convincing e- expansion on the actual facts. So it's a losing battle because you're having to spend more time, and you can't you can't win anyway. Um, but this is why this is why the Democrats and the left worldwide uh, need to take advantage of the media in a, in the same similar way without telling lies, I guess. But there's just not as an effective a method of advertising or putting out convincing short videos or anything on the left um or in the Democrats who 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 are not the left. Um so the only way to fight back is to have your own movement that, that echoes it rather than trying to directly respond, start doing your own thing that then they have to respond to as well.
0: Okay, let's move on. Penultimate story here is on climate change, uh, with scientists saying that 2020 is said to be one of the three warmest years ever recorded. Planet Earth continued to endure a period of significant heating. That's according to the World Meteorological Organization. Mm -hmm. And its provisional assessment says that this year will be just behind 2016 and 2019, which means that the warmest six years... In global records, dating back to 1850, have now all occurred since 2015. The most notable warmth was in the Siberian Arctic, where temperatures uh, yeah. were 5 Celsius higher than the average. Well, so James, this of course is just, uh, as we've been talking about throughout this entire episode, it's more things for people to complain about on Twitter and say uh, it's completely wrong and mistaken, and actually yeah. it's, just a, it's just a fad, it's a fake. Yeah, so, you cannot, it's you not. cannot convince them otherwise.
1: Humans have made no impact on on global warming. It is just a natural process that has spiked in the, like I guess exponentially during the course of human industrial production. But you know, it's it's a natural process yeah. that humans haven't haven't had anything to do with. Uh, what do we like? I mean, it's too late anyway. It doesn't matter. All the conspiracy theorists. It doesn't matter. It it's too late. We're done. The the world isn't going to make it through this without without the businesses doing their thing. It doesn't matter what yep. you think. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what all the other little people who can or cannot do the recycling do. All that matters is corporations and, and the billionaires and the, the mega-rich who, are damaging the planet. All of us, we do nothing.
0: Just on that note, I saw a story this week which made me laugh heartily, but also with, uh, with deep sadness. Oh, of course. Which was... That's, that's the classic 2020 laugh. ...a recommendation that people stop watching things in HD... Uh, and watch them in standards definition instead because uh, you'll lower your carbon footprint. Yeah, I know.
1: Carbon footprint is really? all on
0: us. It's all on the individual. This is this is the solution, everybody. We're going to save the planet. Stop watching Netflix in HD. Watch it in standard definition instead. Uh, How it, honestly, if it was
1: going to make a big difference, tell you what? Why don't the? Why doesn't Netflix delete HD? Why doesn't YouTube delete HD? If they yep. want it, if they want to say it matters, they should delete the option.
0: <laughs> and this was this was uh, coinciding with Boris Johnson saying that his goal for 2030. I believe was yeah. to cut emissions by I want to say sixty-five percent, which mm, yeah. I think people were saying, okay, great, sounds great, but how? But how? how are you going
1: to do that? Yeah, there's a lot of countries making promises like this. We got Denmark promising to remove all use of oil for for burning and reducing their emissions by seventy percent. We've got we've got similar things across the the globe. It's just most other countries have an action plan. Even America with Biden coming in, they've got a plan. They're assigning money. Yeah. They're 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 bringing people into office to do stuff. Whereas the UK's plan is just kind of like, I, well, I guess we assigned some money a few years ago that is still assigned to this and hasn't done anything yet, but maybe
0: we'll do stuff with it now. But, but James, like, please just do things. You make a point, you say that actually it's too late. And I believe some scientists would agree with you. That it is too late. And by the time we see real action, and I'm not talking about switching from HD to SD, real action from corporations. Yeah, like cancelling cruise ships. Exactly. Only when we start to see things like that will there be an actual dent made in these targets. But by the time, by the time that these corporations and these people actually do this stuff, it will be decades down the line and by that point yeah. you will be decades too late and it's it is something which very selfishly is not going to be a problem for me it will be a problem for my yeah. nephews and nieces and people who are having to grow up in the 2100s yeah.
1: but the more that we are able to change things now the the longer it will take for the catastrophe and the the ease, the, 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 the less painful any adaptions will be so it's too late to, to save things to make things better able to continue as is but the more we are able to convince the mega corporations to hey maybe focus making your profits on something better um the, the easier it will be for those future generations to adapt right. to survive to to whatever to whatever but it's the same lie as always it's the same lie as like capitalism is driven by the by the consumer it's the same lie the the consumer the individual we have no power in any of the spheres we work in but we are told that we do all the time and it's manipulation. It's Oil companies invented the idea of carbon footprint so that we would not put the pressure on them to change.
0: Okay, we t- time is up. I did say we we're going to talk about Millwall, so that's where we're going to bring this show to a close. Yeah, Millwall Speaking- Football Club have said they are dismayed and saddened by events yeah. at their stadium on Saturday when some of the 2,000 fans who'd been inside the stadium for the first time since March booed when the home players and the Derby County players took a knee before kickoff. So this was the first time they've been back in since actually 29th of February. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, the, the booing from the stands was was clearly heard uh, uh, after the referee blew his whistle for the players to take a knee, a gesture which, of course, has been used to show support for the fight against discrimination after the unlawful killing of George Floyd. Yeah. Uh, James. So the- let's fight
1: against the fight against discrimination. That's not...
0: Yeah. So, so people here booing. There has been some Millwall fans who said, actually, no. We're anti-Marxist. Oh yeah, and that's it's, why we booed. Yeah, it wasn't because we hate the black people; it's because we hate the fake
1: conspiracy theorists. I guess. What's your take on this? I don't know. It's the same old trope, and it, once again, it, it's a bunch of people. And I, like, I don't. I, again, I'm not trying to go hard on the individuals here. Um, Because it's people who have been manipulated. It's the same exact manipulation that happened in the rise of Nazi Germany. Um, They had the the exact same um, group that they accused a whole bunch of stuff to. They called it cultural Bolshevism. We call it cultural Marxism. Those two things are the same. If you hear anybody complaining about cultural Marxism, they are repeating a Nazi talking point that helped the Nazis rise to power. So maybe don't use that term. If you want to be specific, be specific. If you want to say that everything's too woke, say it's too woke. Um, Don't boo it though, because things being too woke doesn't affect you. Nobody is affected by a thing being too woke. I don't understand how anybody is hurt. By, by, BLM being taken too
0: seriously. If they believe it is, who's hurt by that? I mean, if if you are one of the people who believes that the booing was born from political analysis instead of racism, <laughs> yeah, I
1: know, right? You are an idiot.
0: You are an absolute idiot. Yeah,
1: there's not in a crowd of people at a football game. Their motivation for things is not in-depth political analysis. Also, Nigel Farage agreed with them. So, hey, it can't be correct.
0: There there was a tweet that said, you know, Millwall fans aren't racist, they're just anti-Marxist. And they've got a long history of anti-Marxism activism, such as throwing bananas at players they suspected of being Marxists and making (laughs) monkey noises to ridicule Marxism, of course. (laughs)
1: yeah man I don't I don't know all these people I don't think a single one of them could define what Marxism is and again I'm not saying hey you're all dumb and you're all idiots You've, they've been misled it's a shame I pity them yeah. because they don't even know what Marxism is it's the same as the uh, American um, manipulation what's happening it's happened here everybody's afraid of a thing and they they can't even define it they've just been told that it's bad by the people in power and
0: manipulated to believe that it is
1: and it's a bunch of grifters and and manipulators that make it all happen.
0: So we'll give it a couple of weeks because we're going to have some furore over the Vicar of Dibley taking a knee. Yeah, we can talk about that when it actually happens. We're already
1: cancelling or defunding the BBC because the Vicar of Dibley is going to be preaching on wow. Black Lives Matter.
0: Yeah, wait for that firestorm to kick off. That'll be fun. And it's just, it is sad. Because it, it you see it in
1: the discourse. It starts off with just a little bit of debate, a little bit of back and forth. But then the side that is that is based on a lie and the side that is based on manipulation just skyrockets. And it becomes this ridiculous level of an inability to hear sense because they have been so manipulated. and it And, and it
0: genuinely saddens me.
1: You're a clever person,
0: James. And at that point,
1: we're going to have to end it. I'm an I'm an average
0: person, but I appreciate it. Don't downplay yourself. But uh, yeah, thank you very much for listening, everybody. If you disagree with anything or everything that we have said in the show, that is what social media is there for, to tweet your abuse and tell us how much you hate Did the you show. Did you just say socialist media? I, I think I said social media. I'm not sure. That sounds like cultural Marxism to me. <laughs> okay, at seesaw Parade. C so Gmail.com. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you, James, for your time. I will see you next week. Ding dong. Discourse is dead. <laughs> <laughs>